Welcome to ECI's podcast, Building Successful Businesses, where we speak to business leaders about the building blocks of their success and what they've learned along the way. I'm Fiona Moore, and today I'm joined by Martin Phillips, MBE, who was CEO at BQ before becoming CEO of Welsh Rugby Union, and today is non-exec director and chair for a number of companies, including some of ECI's portfolio. Martin, hi. It sounds like a varied and fascinating career. Yeah, very much, but not not something I particularly planned, which is sort of shame on me, really. But I guess I feel like I've had three different careers. And what did you learn from sort of the world of retail? I started. In, I worked for W H Smith on a straight from uni, so I went went on to a graduate program with them, and then joined Kingfisher after four years, and then did did about twenty years there. So all told, twenty five years in retail. Um, yeah, and I think the the bit I loved about it, it, it obvious, but it was very very people centric. So you're always talking about big numbers of, you know, big teams and, and, and large groups of people to mobilize and then lots of customers as well. So, you know, 5 million customers a week, um, which, you know, clearly places huge stresses on any business to try and get, get that running in the direction you want. So a, a, a brilliant grounding really from a, a sort of leadership point of view. Um, when you became sort of CEO of B&Q in 2011, was was that sort of always the plan that you always saw yourself being a CEO at some point? Genuinely not. I was in HR for quite a long time, so probably did 15, 15 odd years in that. Enjoyed it. Didn't particularly have plans to do anything different. I really enjoyed HR, but I did always have that feeling of being slightly one step removed. So I really tried to immerse myself in the business and you know got really close to on the the customer experience side but I always felt a little bit not quite a fraud but I wanted to have the weight of the accountability really so I guess my break came when the the, the then CEO um, literally out of the blue asked me if I would be the retail director and I'd never run a shop never mind all the shops and I remember it like it was yesterday it was on a Friday and I'd said to him you know I wouldn't do that if I were you because I was his HR director and he sort of said well okay I'm gonna, I, I think you need to rethink that and I'll give you the weekend and then kind of spoke to a bunch of people and then I thought you know what I might never get a chance like this again so I sort of went for it and that was pro- I think of all the jobs I've ever done I think that was the job I was best at I just really really enjoyed leading the stores and and having 30,000 people you know trying to get everybody really motivated and behind a sort of cause was a was, was probably my my favorite job really why do you think you enjoyed and maybe still enjoy that side of it so much in terms of kind of leading those stores and, and uh, leading people as it were that's the thing isn't it what I, I think whatever business you're in it literally comes down to how do you get as many people as possible motivated towards a, a certain direction, helping them to understand their part in it. I'm a big believer in in, in the individual and about, and about how do you get the best out of the individual. And, and I just don't believe in broad brush, sheep dip type approaches to leadership. So finding a way to really switch on the people who serve the customers helping you know the people who run the stores in that instance to run those to the you know the best of their ability and, and this is back to my point about people when we used to call it getting thirty thousand noses pointing in the same direction you never crack it but if you can get you know the, the majority of those pulling in the direction understanding the mission 
I don't mean as in the company mission, but what's the mission of the day almost? I, I don't see any other way of doing it. Every business in the end will come down to you've got your human resources and are they motivated and lined up behind what you're trying to do? And on this podcast, we often talk to business leaders about their different journeys to becoming CEO and how that impacts the type of leader they become. You've obviously went from sort of an HR director role to then moving into that leadership role. And it sounds like that had quite a big influence in terms of your style of leadership and how you kind of want to kind of motivate people. Do you agree with that? Do you think that changed your perspective in terms of leadership style? I don't think it did. In some ways, it was easier because I think as a HR director, you can see where the performance is coming and where it isn't and what's getting in the way of it. People tend to disclose quite a lot of things to you. So you've kind of got all this information, but not particularly, frankly, the authority to do something about it. So when I moved into into the retail director role and then into CEO, I, I felt like for the first time I had an opportunity to really make a difference and to address some of the things that were getting in the way of performance. So I I really generally found it easier in those roles than being, you know, in an, in an influencing role. I guess. But equally, I I sort of had a, a, the imposter syndrome as well. You know, I knew that people were looking and sort of saying, oh, this is, you know, the HR guy's got the retail job. We'll, we'll see how this goes. So I was very aware of that. But I, I'd like to think that I've always been a performance person. So if there was one thing that I think was always um, a passion for me was, you know, was great that you've got a plan and I love the PowerPoint but it's all about performance and and I think I was always quite rigorous around that good good and bad I just had a thing for it. And you mentioned um, imposter syndrome there and I think actually we've heard that a, a quite a lot from people who've moved from different roles that may be so less kind of typical routes to CEO. Um, how did you overcome imposter syndrome? Have you overcome imposter syndrome? I don't think you ever do. I think insecurity drives a lot of you, we all have to recognize that for some of us it's 20 percent for some of us it's 80 percent but I didn't I made peace with that because I knew it was driving me I think it made me better and I, I never never thought and to this day never think I've cracked it so I, I'm always looking at you know where did I I probably spent too much time thinking about where didn't I show up well enough there and what would I do differently and how would I do that better next time so I think it's healthy to a point, but obviously you can go beyond that and then it becomes de- debilitating. So I would always constant, I would always make peace with it, but also try and keep perspective and, and realize that you, you never actually crack these jobs and that's okay. That was Martin Phillips discussing how working in HR and retail impacted the type of leader he became and why imposter syndrome can be a good thing. In the next episode, we discuss his move into the world of the Welsh Rugby Union, how those working in sport deal with criticism and scrutiny, and what it's taught him about business more broadly. Mm